Welcome to American Narratives. I'm Joe Fraudsham. And now Marianne Pino. And today we have in studio Christina Cavalier. Um, great to have Christina here. A little bit about Christina before we jump in and, and meet her a little bit more. Christina currently leads community relations for the Salvation Army of North Texas, where she's been since October of 2019. Prior to the Salvation Army, Christina was at the Perot Museum, where she had progression of larger roles uh, from director to even a VP or vice president of development. Prior to that, she also had roles with Dallas Children's Theater, North Texas Food Bank, and the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. She went to Southern Methodist University for her master's and started off her post-high school education at Millsaps College, uh, where she's got business degrees and theater arts degrees. I'm sure we'll learn a little bit more about that in a second, but a very eclectic mix of, uh, of experiences, both education and really in the fundraising space at a high level uh, within nonprofit. So with that, welcome to the studio. Great to have you here, Christina. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you. Well, let's learn a little bit more about you. Sure. Uh, okay, let's start at the beginning. Where do you come from? Tell us a little bit about your family. Where did it all start? Well, I am from Gulfport, Mississippi, which is on the coast of Mississippi. Um, and I was born there, raised there, and my grandparents raised me. Um, I have two younger sisters. We're They're twins, and we're only 10 and a half months apart. So we were kind of like triplets. Um, I grew up doing theater. Uh, I got into that relatively early, really loved it, started acting, um, but really was more attracted to the technical side of theater and then eventually became interested in the, the business and particularly marketing side of things. Right. So is that what kind of moved you into Millsaps College and kind of, a, as I saw it correctly, you were in theater and business, kind of a co-major? Yes. Um, so I did a a bachelor's of business administration in theater and business. Um, and that's exactly it. I went to Millsaps College, which is a small liberal arts school in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and I went there because they had a really great theater program. We're known for their academics. Um, and it was a small theater program. So I knew I could get kind of right in right away and, you know, be able to do things like stage manage, which was really my love. Um, and I actually started there really pursuing two degrees, um, a bachelor's of business administration and a bachelor's of arts and thought that's what I was pursuing until I did my final degree audit my senior year. Um, really, I guess you do that a few months before you graduate. And that's when I realized I wasn't going to have both degrees. And I mentioned that just because that was kind of a pivotal moment for me. You know, I'm a planner, so I had this plan and, um, it was one of the, the first times in my life that I wasn't going according to plan. So I had to deal with that. And not the last. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, you're not alone. For sure. <laughs> um, so it was a really big learning for me. Um, and, you know, I made it through that and I kind of got myself back on track um, when I later went to graduate school. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing. Uh, you know, sounds like you found your passion in theater at a very early age, which is great. Not not all of us get that opportunity. But, you know, growing up in Mississippi, who were some of your major influences? Well, my grandparents certainly were. Um, they were, and my grandmother is still alive, and she still is, um, really big influences for me. Um, they were incredibly supportive. I was a very inquisitive child. I wanted to learn a lot and do a lot and, you know, explore. Um, and at the time in Gulfport, Mississippi, there weren't a lot of things like museums or places to go see theater, um, but they found ways to take me to those types of places. Um, and then I had some really great mentors, um, particularly in the theater community growing up who, for whatever reason, you 
you know, saw my interest and I guess something in me and would let me kind of take opportunities that normally children my age wouldn't have been able to do. So that was really something that was great. That's neat. Well, it's, it's cool to have someone like that. There's always someone in your life, right? That uh, when you're, we don't get here alone. We never do. Right. So yeah. we'll dive in. Okay, Millsaps, let's start progressing through this, right? Sure. Let's get in a little bit more about kind of the careers piece of this. You're at Millsaps College and, and you graduate. What happened after that? Did you go straight to graduate school, work? What did you do? Well, I got married um, right after I graduated, and um, I worked in Jackson for a year at the Mississippi Arts Commission, which is the state arts agency. Um, I got to work there um, sort of on a contract part-time role while I was still in school um, as a grants administrator, which was a really, really, really great experience for me. Um, This was after Hurricane Katrina had happened, which, um, of course, was a big impact on my life because it hit my home. Um, And so this particular grant um, that I was part of administering was through the Department of Labor and helping artists restart their arts businesses. So it's been a really, you know, meaningful experience. And then I moved from that um, to a more permanent position there and worked there for about a year and a half where I was the executive assistant to the executive director. A lot of words executive in there. (laughs) Executive to executive. That sounds pretty executive, actually. (laughs) All in the nonprofit space. I'm starting to see a theme here already, Mm -hmm. you know. So what, what brought you, you know, what, what motivated you to get a graduate degree? Kind of when did that happen? Well, it was a goal of mine that I had. And if you hearken back to what I just mentioned about Millsaps, when I thought I was getting those two bachelor's degrees, I knew when I was graduating that I wanted to go to graduate school. I knew I wanted to get my MBA. Um, and I knew I wanted to get some sort of master's as well um, on the art side because I really was focused on nonprofit work and um, arts business um, in particular. And so uh, when I was looking for that opportunity, I, you know, of course, did research. And at the time, there weren't a lot of programs that had dual degrees in arts administration. And um, Southern Methodist University here in Dallas was one of those. And so that's what I decided to pursue um, because it was a good program um, and Dallas is a great place. So it worked out. Well, go ponies. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so you got you got a double master's degree. That's pretty impressive. Um, and and were you thinking you wanted to be a nonprofit at that point? What was kind of going through your mind from, because you're a planner. You've told us already, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What was the, your plan or at least your aspiration as far as getting those degrees? Well, yes, I did know that I wanted to be a nonprofit. I was very focused on that. Um, I did a concentration in marketing on the MBA side. And so I thought I would work for some sorts of art, some sort of arts organization. Um, I was more interested in performing arts because that was my background. And I was looking to do something in marketing. So I did a few internships in that realm and really loved the work, um, particularly the earned revenue side, which is really interesting since now I'm in fundraising, which is contributed revenue. Yeah, uh, we all like revenue, don't we? <laughs> I, I just need a little thing, more yeah. of it. If you could get that for me, Christina, that would be terrific. All right, so what was your first job after college? Uh, the North Texas Food Bank. So totally different than what I thought I was going to do. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a really, really great opportunity. And uh, I found that when I was in business school, I'd done several internships And I wanted to experience something different. Um, You know, I'm really interested in business models, as I kind of mentioned. So I one day was driving on 75 and looked up and saw one of the North Texas Food Bank billboards. And it had, you know, if you're familiar with them, quick snapshot where you get a store, a human story and an impact of your gift. And again, I'm a marketing person. So I looked at that and I thought, wow, that's really compelling. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so I took it upon myself to look at their website and I thought, 
well, this is really fantastic. They really know how to market their mission. So I reached out to the chief philanthropy officer, Colleen Brinkman, and asked her if I um, could possibly come intern with them for free. And she said, we don't need any interns. Thank you. But why don't you come meet me? And so I did. And uh, through that, developed a relationship with her. And um, there was an opportunity in corporate fundraising, which appealed to me because it was really thinking with a marketing brain. Well, let's just pause there. Talk about taking the bull by the horns, right? If not the pony, right? It, <laughs> yeah, that it's like you reached out. You didn't just wait for the, for them to reach out or fill out a nothing wrong with it. Fill out an application online. You reached in to a C-suite person and said, "I'm real interested," as just coming out of school, basically, mm-hmm. and she responded positively. Thank That's goodness! Pretty, isn't that amazing? <laughs> that lesson there, right? Be proactive, reach right. in. If there's something that seems compelling to you, what do you have to lose? Exactly. All she could have done was not responded or left it at a no. When you get, do you get many of those inquiries from people earlier in their career or interested in where you're at now, Salvation Army? I do. Um, and I've had them along the way. And I always try to respond and go to coffee with someone um, or invite them in for that, that exact reason. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. We've all been there. Right. I get those too. And I tend to feel I need to be responsive because mm-hmm. I, I still remember being that 24 year old kid like you married, right? <laughs> Trying to figure it out and uh, just wanting a job or needing a job or need to get my career started. So lesson learned. It's good to be proactive. Right. It really is. That career navigation is never really easy for, for any of us. Right. So paying it forward and, and responding the way we should be responding, doing the right thing for others. So Christina, you know, looking through the internship at North Texas Food Bank, what happened next after that internship? Well, first, I didn't get an internship because Colleen said they didn't need interns. Um, But I kept in touch with her and uh, she shared with me that they were thinking about expanding their corporate giving program and might have a position available. So I just kept in contact with her and it became available and I applied and interviewed and started working there. Right. So so you, you, you open the door, you're there for a while. Uh, how long were you at the bank? I was there about a year and a half. Okay. Then what next? What, what attracted you away from North Texas Food Bank? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I went from there to the Dallas Children's Theater, which was a, another type of special kind of mission to me because I grew up doing theater and doing children's theater and had a lot of um, influence during my formative years. But I do kind of look back on that move and think that was kind of a rookie mistake. You know, sometimes you take jobs um, when you think you're going to, you know, get more responsibility. And I certainly did that. Um, but I think if I had it to do over again, while I loved the children's theater, I probably would have stayed longer at the food bank. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you. Uh, I, I think we've all made a misstep, but it's, you know, do we learn from it? Right? Sure. So what was your key learning from that? I think to first have patience and um, have a conversation before you move on. Uh, I remember when I, you know, turned in my, my, resignation, which which feels negative, and it wasn't at all. Um, Colleen and Jan Pruitt, the CEO at the time, you know, said, well, what what is it that you want to do? How can we keep you here? And I felt like I I couldn't really have that conversation because I'd already taken another job. So I think that was an important learning for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's something that I always share with people when I speak to them about their career paths is, you know, follow your gut and your heart and, um, you know, it works out in the end how it's supposed to, but don't be afraid. Yeah, and, and maybe have those conversations. Right, exactly. Right? And, and be a little brave. Go, go Absolutely. Ahead. I think that would resonate with a lot of a lot of individuals of 
just making sure that you're speaking up and having those crucial conversations, whether it's through, you know, salary negotiation or just what it is that you're expecting from your job, right? I, I know Joe and I um, have talked about this a lot and we've written about it. Um, what we do for a living affects every our day-to-day lives. So that's got to be aligned. It does. So you're at the children's theater. <laughs> uh, where, what? Keep moving us through. What happened post-children's movie? What was your next move? I moved from the Children's Theater to the Perot Museum of Nature and Science. Um, I had a, not quite a gap there. I, my grandfather got sick and he, you know, was such an important person in my life and he had cancer and it became apparent that he wasn't going to make it. So I uh, made the decision to take a little bit of time off. And so that's why I left the Children's Theater. I went home and I was kind of back and forth between um, Gulfport, where I'm from, and here to be with him. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that talk, a pause for something that's uh, imminently more obviously really important. I'm glad, my guess is I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You're glad you did that. Absolutely. It was very critical and it was really something that I cherished that time with him. You know, it's funny, we we do a lot of executive search and I see those pauses in the resume and it's not that you had a pause or a break. What'd you do? Right. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure that has not limited you, if anything, enriching to you. Right. Yeah, it did. Well, and I still, I kind of went contract with the children's theater. So, you know, I didn't want to leave them hanging. I was in a critical fundraising role. So I knew that they needed that work to still continue. Um, But then I, you know, was ready to go back to work and went to the Pro Museum. Which is a world-class museum. Yeah, it's really fantastic. And you had a progression of roles there. Mm -hmm. And you were there for quite some time. Yeah, uh, about seven years. And I started doing corporate giving when I, when I, went there first and then like you said kind of progressed yeah and that sounds terrific and and it sounds like you were carving out a really good role for yourself and doing some interesting things there and then you moved to the Salvation Army right which I know seems like another crazy move no I'm not don't read crazy in my voice now what motivated that Well, I really was, people say this all the time, I really was not looking. I loved the Perot Museum and the mission and the people I worked with. It's a really, really special place. Um, But I got a call from a recruiter, you know, like many people do. And, um, you know, I politely said, I'm not interested. Thank you so much. And that particular recruiter, you know, kept pushing a little bit. And so I listened to what she had to say. And I finally said, okay, well, what's the organization? And she said, the Salvation Army. And that's really when my ears perked up um, because my grandfather was a huge fan of the Salvation Army. And growing up, that was the one charity that he really gravitated toward. We always put money in the red kettle. We, When we were little girls, we had our little purses, and he made sure we had changed during the holiday season specifically to do that. Um, so it really just was something that was of interest to me, and I was feeling a, a pull toward – You know, um, not that I didn't feel like I was helping the community at the Perot. I did for sure, but I wanted to help in a in a bigger way. Yeah. So, so career is is mission. Mission is career. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the fact you had a visceral connection to the brand uh, probably makes your role much more special now than it would be otherwise. Yeah. And it's not just how you said it. It's not even what you said. It's how you said it. I could tell you really lit up, and it meant something to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It's. Every day is wonderful, and it's very meaningful. So, and it's personal. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. no, at a very real level. So, well, let's let's talk about kind of in totality some key learnings for this audience. Right, you've been very successful. You've had multiple experiences. 
in a very mission-oriented organizations, having high impact in a way where you've got to buy in because you're going out representing these organizations and asking for money, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and I always respect that because I don't think most people would want to do that. I don't know if they could do it, but I know they certainly wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. The fact that you do it means you really believe. Exactly. Yeah. You yes. really believe. You fu- and I respect that. I think that's what I... So let's start with what do you enjoy most and least about your work? In other words, if you're getting up Monday morning and you're commuting into work, and that might be 30 steps to the study right now. I don't know what that commute <laughs> looks like. But you're getting, a, and you know that most of that week you got to do X. You're pretty excited versus mm-hmm. getting up and doing that commute Monday morning and know, knowing most of that week you got to do Y. You're much less excited. What's X and what's Y to you? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think the thing that makes me most excited is having the opportunity to tell the story of the mission of the Salvation Army and the impact that we have here in North Texas. Um you know, similar to what I mentioned about the Pro Museum, I work with really amazing people who are experts at, you know, social services and case management, those types of things. And so I'm grateful for that. I've learned a lot. And that excites me getting to talk to people every day, um, you know, donors and other stakeholders to have them invest their time or their funds in that mission really gets me excited. I really love it. In terms of what doesn't excite me, that's a hard question. I don't, I don't really know. I feel like I really like most things that I do. You know, I think sometimes when you manage a big team, there are, are times in which you have to have difficult conversations. That's not exciting, of course. Um, I, I think it's important and it's fair to the people that you work with to have those conversations. But that would probably be one example of something that isn't quite that exciting. Or at least not enjoyable. Maybe. Right, so. sure. Well, for the most part, I can tell that you really do love what you do because even though people can't see you, you have a huge smile on your (laughs) face, right? Um, So, Christina, tell us a little bit more. You know, you've been in the nonprofit space for a little while now. Um, What have been some memorable challenges or mistakes along the way that you've made? Sure. I think, you know, there's always a challenge of um, resource allocation, I think, in in any business, but certainly in nonprofit, which is actually one of the things I love about it, because I think it's an interesting challenge to solve for. So there's never enough time for any of us for anything, but there's never enough um, human resources or necessarily financial resources in nonprofits. You have to be really creative. Um, I think there can be times in which uh, you might have some barriers that you might not have in other um, businesses because of that, right? So you have to think about, oh, I don't have, you know, funding to pay for this resource. So I've got to figure out how to accomplish what I need to accomplish, um, no matter the, you know, the lack of that. Um, I think another challenge is, um, for me personally, is that I care so much about what I do is really work-life balance. That's something, I mean, I have two young children and I, of course, adore and love them and I spend a lot of time with them, but I love what I do. I really do. So I really have to pay attention to turning myself off from work and onto, you know, mom mode. Um, So that's a challenge for me. Yeah, that's, a lot of people can uh, resonate with that. We Mm -hmm. certainly got that t-shirt tell you that it's it's always a challenge if it's okay with you you know tell us a little bit more about that christina because i know a lot of women executives you know their moms they're leading a company or or a department um what is it that you do yeah well i mean i have a great support network i mean i have a really supportive husband um and a supportive family that help when we need help 
So that's great. Um, I try to be good about boundaries. I'm not the best at that. But, you know, I know that if I need to do work in the evening, for example, um, which might happen during the holiday season, you know, for us, then I wait to do that work until after my children are in bed. Um, I think the other thing that really helps with that is, you know, having um, a supportive network at work. You know, there's not a cultural expectation at the Salvation Army that you work, you know, beyond your your work week. Um, it happens, of course, but that's not a cultural norm. And so as a leader, I try to um, exhibit that for my team as well. Uh, you know, in the world of fundraising and marketing, you know, things never stop. So, but it's important that people have the opportunity to unwind and recharge. Yeah, we need to internalize that. I don't know how well we <laughs> do that. It's easier said than done. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> you know, as you look at your career thus far, uh, is there anything that seemed unfair that you had to overcome? You know, is there a specific challenge that was really daunting that you had to deal with? And and tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I think at points in my career, I have um, had to kind of wrestle with the fact that oftentimes I'm younger than people, you know, that I work with. Uh, and I may have managed people who are older than me. And so you know, at times that has been challenging, not for me personally, but I can see that it's challenging for others. And then there have been times, especially when I was in the technical theater world, that, you know, I'm a woman and that's a world of men. And so there have been some challenges in that regard as well. And my philosophy is just, you know, to lead with grace and perseverance. And I'm perfectly fine having to prove myself. And I realize that with, with people, sometimes you have to do that. And while that may or may not be fair, um, that's just normally how I deal with that is just to be positive and, you know, to show that I'm capable of what I'm there to do. Thank you so much. How has your world changed, you know, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic? How's the pandemic affected what you do from a giving and nonprofit leadership standpoint? Well, it has had an immense effect um, because, you know, working for the Salvation Army, of course, we're at the front lines of responding to the pandemic and still are um, because there's so many more people who are, you know, living at or below the poverty line or who are in danger um, of, you know, becoming homeless. So it's made things really a lot busier than they probably would have been. Um, But then it also has given us an opportunity to really share our story more, um, to be more strategic, and to share that story to get people to invest. There have been unique challenges um, in doing that, right? We're not in person as we're getting back there, but in in the midst of it, we weren't in person. Um, People wanted to help, but it was hard to engage them um, in volunteer opportunities, for example. Um, You know, there weren't face-to-face meetings happening. So it's been interesting um, to experience that in the realm of fundraising. And then I think from a leadership perspective, as many people have experienced, you know, working in a remote environment gives you just a whole different set of challenges of how do you engage your team? How do you ensure that they're, you know, feeling engaged and that they're pushing forward with the goals that we all need to meet while they themselves are struggling? Clearly, you know, it's, it's, it was difficult for all of us. Yeah, it really is. And I think we're all learning from it and and a little different, hopefully better at some level, Mm -hmm. as difficult and challenging as it was at the end. Uh, What are some, then kind of as we close, what are some key lessons and learning that you would like to share with our audience? As you look at our career and you have folks who are kind of starting their career, mid-stride in their career, trying to figure their career out, what are some key golden nuggets that you may want to share with them? Sure. I'd say first and foremost, 
always be open to learning. None of us know everything. And it would be a kind of boring, sad world if we did, right? I mean, that's part of the beauty of life. So I think that even when you are in a leadership role, you can learn from your peers, you can learn from your team, you can learn from really anybody within the organization. So I think have an open mind and an open heart. Um, And, you know, I would say treat everyone as you would want to be treated, you know, that golden rule. Mm -hmm. I grew up with that and I believe it. And I think it pays back in spades. And um, it also makes you you know, a good leader. I think those are great, great pearls of wisdom. And I I do believe that. I think what you throw out there comes back at you. Call it karma, call it whatever, golden rule. I believe it. I think that's, uh, I hear it time and again in these stories that someone helped them along the way. And I feel one reason they're in front of us being interviewed is because they feel they need to give back. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, as we do wrap up, Christina, you're, you're in, for me, you're in a great space, right? The nonprofit world is something that I'm very passionate about. So is Joe. What would you say, last thoughts to anyone that is kind of thinking of going into that nonprofit space but hesitates? What would you say to them? I'd say if they feel that their heart's leading them there, they should do it. Because I think if in your gut and your heart, that's what you want to do and you're drawn to a particular mission, there's going to be so much fulfillment when you find that right place that matches that. And, you know, if the fear is that it might be difficult or that, you know, you might not make a lot of money, um, it all works out. And the most important thing really is that every single day you're going to work and doing something that's really meaningful to you. I love that. Thank you so much. Great place to end it. So thank you so much. I appreciate you you coming into studio and spending some time with us. And uh, we look forward to tracking an incredible career, even as you move forward. So thank you. American Narratives is brought to you by CMP, a minority and women-owned firm providing solutions across the full talent life cycle, from recruitment and assessment to leadership coaching and career transition solutions. To learn more, visit www.careermp.com.